This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha. And this is Serialholic Sisters. True crime shit. Hey, girl, hi. Hi. I'm very fucking tired. <laughs> Just want all You're... of my listeners to know that I am tired. It's it's early and it's the weekend, and I don't wake up early on the weekends. But I'm waking up early for you guys. <laughs> oh my god, you'll be fine. <laughs> you got some coffee? I don't. I don't have coffee because I've got. I know. I know. I got some little bitch ass bitches in the living room right now throwing a fit. <laughs> I'm taking over a specific room to to record so no I don't have coffee I'll have coffee after this so bear with my grumpy ass oh my god aren't you a treat aren't you a treat I'm not a morning person I've never been a morning person I don't understand those like very bubbly people in the morning that like wake up and they're just like oh it's all sunshine and rainbows everybody love everybody I'm over here like fuck you fuck you (laughs) (laughs) so I have a very short work story I was going to tell you the other day but then I was like I'll just save it for the podcast um we had this three-year-old come in for a checkup this little girl and she came in with her dad and her grandma and apparently her grandma like watches her during the day while her parents are at work and grandma is telling us that, well, she tells the doctor and the doctor comes out and tells me because it's freaking wild. She's like, so apparently she like sees people. What? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? She sees people. <laughs> what I do mean, you mean? I see people too. I'm like, right there's there. a person right there. Yeah. <laughs> I got a person over here. <laughs> she sees multiple people that nobody else could see. Like she told the grandma one time about this, there was a man peeping behind the doorway at her she's like oh you see that man over there he's, he's looking at us and then another time she like saw a woman in a dress on the staircase and the grandma's like what what like what kind of dress is she wearing like trying to get more info because she can't see whatever the fuck she's talking about so <laughs> what like, you're telling me is the grandmother is bruce willis <laughs> it's not the grandmother it's the child it's the three-year-old no the grandmother is bruce willis oh i, I got it i got it yeah no i i mean i saw the grandmother so i hope not <laughs> She's like, what, what, what kind of dress is she wearing? You know? And she like goes over to the curtains and they're like, like sheer curtains and like wraps it around her. And she's like, oh, it's kind of like this. And the grandma's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this little girl is also very fascinated with cemeteries. Like <laughs> she keeps asking her grandma. She's like, I want, I want to go on a walk where the rocks and the flowers are. I want to go on a walk where the dead people are. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> And the grandma keeps like making excuses like, oh, can't do that today. (laughs) She's like, I don't, I don't feel like asking what everybody's wearing today. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I was like, okay, well, that's cool. That is great. Well, so we've got our own little, so we've got a sequel to the Sixth Sense movie. Right. So yeah, that happened. I'm glad that she like handles it good and she's not like, you know, 
punting this child like a football. <laughs> I went to tell Dana about it. I started selling it and she's like, okay, first of all, that gave me chills. Second of all, don't tell me about this girl while she's, get her out of the office. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> get, get her out. As she's like pulling sage out of her pocket. Right. <laughs> Lighten it up in the doctor's office. Just, <laughs> just getting all the negative energy out. Right. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Sage for everyone. So it's your turn this week. It is my turn this week. So, you know, I've been on a kick of um, like unsolved cases. You have, yes. (laughs) So I am doing, it's kind of a little different. So this case that I'm doing was an unsolved case, but in the last, like a few years ago, ended up getting solved. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. So I like yes. closure. I don't want to have to wonder. It's actually super cool. Um, the way that they figure it out. So I'm just okay. going to get right into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we are going to talk about Michelle Marie Martinko. Okay. She was born on October 6, 1961 in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And I actually Googled how far away Cedar Rapids was from Sean. Did you? <laughs> yeah, it was a while. So it's not by him, but. You're like, I Googled uh, it, but I don't remember. <laughs> I know, I Googled it and I, I went to go and put it into, into this and was like, oh, it's okay. Like, it's Sean's fine. only this far away, but I didn't. Um <laughs> Anyways, she had two older siblings, so she was the youngest, and they grew up in a loving home, like regular home, no issues, you know, she wasn't a wild child or anything, and she was an average student. She was amazing and talented performer. She was actually a performer in like a couple ways, so she was part of the twirling squad in her school. Twirling? Yeah. Twirling. I feel like that's something I could be a part of, right? I can twirl. Like, well you know like the batons or whatever oh yeah I did baton I cannot twirl (laughs) so (laughs) she was part of that and she was in choir and in like drama and theater and stuff so by I did baton I mean I mean I did it for like two classes when I was like six yeah I remember that mom went and bought you a baton and everything yeah I learned how to stir the pot and that was it (laughs) (laughs) anyways she was an outgoing kid, but she didn't have a ton of like girls that were her friends. So okay. honestly, honestly, like who does though? <laughs> girls can be mean, y'all. <laughs> they can. I I have friends that are girls. Like I have. Oh yeah, I do too. But I mean, when I was a teenager, I mostly had guy friends. I mean, they all of Dallas's friends were like yeah. my friends and stuff. I had like two good girlfriends, and then that was like it. Yeah, um, that was me too. Like I wasn't, I wasn't a big, I don't know. I I was a tomboy, so. Yeah, same. So basically she had a normal teenage life. Well, on December 19th, 1979, she had a choir concert banquet that she went to. And after the banquet, she asked one of her friends that were like also on the twirling squad with her, if she wanted to go to the Westdale Mall and shop around. Okay. It was a newly built mall in their town, and Martinko actually worked there, too. She just worked in one of the little shops or whatever. She was like, no, I don't want to go to work. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Her friend actually didn't want to go. Like, her friend was like, no, I'm not really in the shopping mood. I don't really want to go to the mall. So she was like, I want to go. 
Oh, she Sunday. was the one that went to go. Okay. Yes, Michelle. I'll just I'll just start calling her Michelle because Martinko is really hard to say sometimes. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so her friend didn't want to go. So Michelle was like, I'll just, you know, go out of my comfort zone and I'll go by myself because I really want to go. Okay. She had been eyeballing this like new winter coat and was planning on buying it for a while now. So she was like, I'm just going to go and I'm going to see if it's still there. So she grabbed her cash which happened to be $186 okay. and she went and she went to the mall. She went into multiple shops. She even walked into the shop where the coat was and had, you know, been looking at it, trying it on. And then actually decided that she just wasn't going to buy it and instead was going to save money. Okay. So she, she was more window shopping at the moment, right? <laughs> which is what I always do, which is what I literally always do. Because help me, I'm poor. (laughs) 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 Even if I have the money to buy it, I just can't bring myself to buy stuff for myself. That's how I've always been. Like, I... I buy stuff for the kids more than anything, right. or I buy stuff for, or I buy, you know, hundreds of t-shirts that I'm pressing. But... I mean, you buy a lot of t-shirts, but yeah, you sell but a I lot never, of t-shirts. I know. <laughs> so she ends up, you know, window shopping and then she runs into a couple of her friends and like acquaintances or whatever in the mall and, you know, chats with them a couple minutes here and there. And then um, the last known place she was spotted was between eight and nine outside of a jewelry store that was in the mall. Okay. Unfortunately, she didn't make it home. Her parents started getting super worried. You know, it was unlike her to be out all hours of the night. So at two in the morning, because he couldn't locate his daughter anywhere, Michelle's father finally reported her missing. So the police immediately started looking for her. And so did Michelle's dad. So Michelle's dad got back in his car and he's like, if you guys are going this way, you know, I'll come with you. This is my daughter. I'm going to help find her. Right. And at four o'clock in the morning, so only a couple hours after he reported his daughter missing, the Martinko family's tan and green Buick was found in the corner of the parking lot of the mall by a JCPenney. So her her car never left. Okay. So when police saw the car they walked up to it and Michelle was inside lying over the passenger oh Oh, no I thought she was going to be kidnapped or something like that nope so she was in the passenger seat of her own car um lying over the passenger seat she was slumped over oh okay yeah bloody and stabbed to death oh no she she had 29 stab wounds in her yeah in her face neck and chest Mm. and her her hands showed signs of defensive wounds, like showing that she fought back against whoever right. her killer was. And then another crazy thing. Oh, sorry. I skipped <laughs> the, <laughs> the crime scene. <laughs> Let me back up. The crime scene had also showed like a lack of blood around the car. So she had absolutely been killed inside, inside the, the car. car. Okay. Yeah. Another crazy thing, which is what I was about to say, was that the weapon was sharp and pointed, but um, it was determined that it was definitely not a knife that killed her. What? Yeah. So the the wounds weren't, they were like small Mm -hmm. uh, and nobody could figure out, I guess when they were examining her body, they still couldn't figure out what. It wasn't typical stab wounds that they'd seen before. No. 
No, and no no weapon was ever found. Like the so, murder weapon was never found. So we never know what she got stabbed with? Never know what she got stabbed with. <sighs> okay. So when her body was examined, it was also estimated that she had to have been murdered between 8 and 10 p.m., which means the last sighting of her around the jewelry store mm-hmm. would mean she like dies legit right after. Okay. So she walked to her car. What investigators believe is she walked to her car, got into her car and had turned it on to like start the defrost or whatever. Cause it, mm-hmm. I mean, she was trying to buy a winter coat, you know, it was right. colder. Right. And the killer had to have walked up to her car, opened the door and and killed her right so either they followed her from the mall from inside or else they saw her in the parking lot and right okay right like you can't look at those video cameras from outside and see what happened people come on we're we're gonna get to that too okay okay so no no fingerprints were found at the scene but glove prints were like glove Glove prints (laughs) glove not prints glove and i was like is that a thing (laughs) okay sorry (laughs) I, that's why I was like, not Prince. Let's, let me fix that. There's, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. That's why um, all these criminals wear gloves because there's no prints. <laughs> glove imprints. Okay. <laughs> like, like indentions. So, like, the killer wore them obviously to hide right his or her identity or whatever. So it does seem kind of planned, right? Because right there's she was just attacked out of nowhere. Well, her purse was found too. So like all of her belongings were still on her mm-hmm. and, and the $186 was still in her purse. So she wasn't robbed. So, so did they know her? Her? Was it, I'm just like thinking out loud. So it was like, it seemed very planned and very like. Intentional. Yes. I was trying to think of the right word. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so she was. And she was also fully dressed too. Like okay. after, after the examiners had her body, like they checked everything. She wasn't sexually assaulted, nothing. Okay. So like it literally seemed very personal. Yeah. So I was gonna say it's either somebody that knows her and it's personal or just some random crazed person that just kills people. Right. So now the investigation is going to get super interesting. So police reach out to the public for tips first, obviously they all, I mean, that's when something like this happens and they release it to the public, they're trying to find any right. answers, especially especially answers when there's not DNA evidence. Right. And over 200 people reached out with information where tons and tons of interviews ended up happening. Okay. Some were even polygraphed. Like some of these interviews were even polygraphed. Okay. And one, one person was even interviewed because an employee from one of the mall shops felt uncomfortable and called the police saying that this kid would follow women and stare at mannequins in an uncomfortable way. Ew. Yeah. So they pulled that kid. Right. So they, they pulled that kid in and interviewed him too. And he came up clean. Except that he was not clean. I know. I was like, (laughs) what do you mean by staring at mannequins uncomfortably? (laughs) Like those poor mannequins. (laughs) So they dug into the family's lives as well. Like typical detectives do you know mm-hmm. um making sure like the parents weren't abusive which right. apparently after people found out that the family was being interviewed uh rumors started to circulate saying she was um it wasn't her parents but she was getting harassing phone calls before her death 
Well, her okay. parents were like, that's not true. We've never heard any of these phone calls. If she was getting phone calls, it wouldn't have been at home. And this was 1970. There wasn't cell phones. So. Right. It's weird. So, um, so a few more tips came in from other people in town and two people were actually brought in for questioning because polygraphs and so many other tactics that they had tried weren't working. Supposedly these other two people had been like, <laughs> which sub- supposedly. <laughs> I'm just going to laugh Crystal every keeps, time you say it. Crystal keeps making fun of me every time we record because. Every time I edit, I hear it. When I say supposedly, I say supposedly because With it's a easier. It's not, it's not a word. You sound like Homer Simpson. It's, not, it's easier to say who says supposedly. Everybody in the world because that's the word. No. <laughs> Anyways, these two other people had been like witnesses at the mall at some point, not to the killing, but they, they were witnesses and seeing like a random person. So they tried to do for witnesses and seeing a random person, like following her. <laughs> yes, I got it. Supposedly. <laughs> you hear that? Supposedly. I did. Good job. All right. Okay. Um, they, so they supposedly saw a random person following her. Yeah. So they, instead of doing like a polygraph or anything, they wanted to try hypnosis. Fancy. I know. So they did hypnosis on these two people and a composite sketch of a man was drawn. He was described as a white man in his late teens or early 20s and had to be around six feet tall, weighing around 165 to 170 pounds, had brown eyes and curly brown hair. It's the mannequin so, creeper. Right. That, that <laughs> describes the mannequin creeper to me. Well, this composite sketch was put out, but the case went cold. Okay. Like nobody identified this composite sketch. They're like, I don't right. know who the fuck that guy is. <laughs> right. Because who knows if these people even actually saw this person. So when you mentioned that was a far security. reach for them to just be like, okay, let's trust these people and hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I said this. This is where uh, like the um, investigation gets interesting because they do try like everything everything that's how, um, that's how I would be I know so because the case went cold it's funny because you brought up the security cameras and you were like just bring up the security cameras and right. stuff like that well Michelle's father actually filed a lawsuit against the owners of the mall saying there wasn't proper and reasonable security because there was no security footage there was none there was no security footage why but, though there was nothing showing the car so he filed a lawsuit and said, you know, you guys are the reason that my daughter's dead. There was no security at all. Right. Like you didn't have a security guard posted out here. You don't have anything. What the hell? Sadly, the Supreme Court favored the mall owners and it was appealed. So he didn't win his lawsuit. Well, that's kind of bullshit. I know. I know. So um, that answered that one for you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that answer. I would literally demolish you like Mm-mm. hell fucking no that's not so, okay oh. come to find out um it was Andy she did date another guy named Mike Mike <laughs> or Rick it was after Andy and Andy had found out about him Mike was also questioned of course he was brought in for questioning he was questioned about like on his whereabouts but he actually lived a hundred miles away at college 
and wasn't there oh. when she was murdered. Yeah, so, I don't think it was Mike. Yeah. So Mike was no longer really a suspect. I mean, right. he, he'll get, he actually ends up being brought in several times even after being questioned, but, and more like interviewed than questioned. I mean, he was, he wasn't even a really a suspect, a suspect. ever. Probably just trying to get more info. Like who does she hang out with? Did anybody, right. was anybody mad it at her? Like, it wasn't a, Hey, you're a suspect. We think you right. killed her. It was, we need, we're drawn for something right now. I'm trying right. to get some information. So yes, there really wasn't any other suspect after, you know, Andy, because there wasn't any evidence pointing to anyone. Right. And there wasn't DNA or forensic tools to really help close the case. So it wasn't until Detective Doug Larson was reading her file when he discovered that sometime earlier, another detective had sent blood scrapings that were found on the gear shift of the car out for testing, okay. but nobody had followed up on the results. They probably just, they were being lazy. They just assumed it was her blood. Yeah. So they stuck it in her file, but the lab report showed that there was a male DNA in the blood. It was Andy. Which should have been like a huge red flag. But you know, when the, when the case first originally happened, um, there wasn't DNA or forensic tools to really test any of this. So like they just sent it to the lab, saw that there was blood samples came back and they stuck it back in their file. So now that it's, it's been a cool case for a little bit, mm -hmm. now people are starting to see some. So there was male DNA in the blood. Should have been a huge red flag. You've got to follow up on that shit, y'all. That is half-ass. I know. And digging into this cold case, it would have been like, they would have been so much closer if they would have followed up too. Right. So the killer probably, so this is, this is what, you know, was speculated. Okay. The killer probably cut himself and his own blood got mixed in with hers. So Detective Larson decided he would send out Michelle's dress that was taken and put into evidence mm -hmm. for more testing since you know, they've got better tools now. And a spot of blood on her dress was a full male DNA profile. Okay. So in 2015, Matt Dinglinger, I'm probably just butcher, butchered it. <laughs> Matt <Yeah>. what? <laughs> Ding, Dingling, Dinglinger? I can't say it. I'm sorry. Matt Dinglinger. He took over as the lead detective on this crazy case. Okay. And here's another crazy thing too. Harvey Dinglinger, however you say it, was the original lead detective on the case. And that's his dad. Oh, okay. Oh, so, okay. Wait, so is it, his dad is the one that half-assed it? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. His dad was the one that was like, trying everything on the case including hypnosis right okay okay I like Harvey so, so Matt had been um five years old when this murder oh, wow. happened and now he's the lead wow um, so that's how long um this case has been cold and since old evidence now had the technology to help find the killer the blood samples that came back on you know the lab samples and the dress Matt ship them to CODIS. So CODIS is a database. I was like, where, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, I was going to tell you about this. I actually okay. learned about this too. So CODIS is, is the database that basically it's like a DNA database, but it's a DNA database that's been collected from arrested offenders. Okay. So if you're in the system at all as, an, as being arrested, you're put in this database, whether it's fingerprints, whether it's anything like right. you're in the database. Okay. Basically, if Michelle's killer had any kind of previous record, he should be in this database. Right. 
unfortunately, it was another dead end, um, which means there was no hits. That means this uh, guy has never been arrested? This guy does not have a record. Yes. Well, that's a huge crime to commit all of a sudden out of nowhere. Fucking right. Okay. <laughs> so um, Matt decided he would reach out to the nanolabs Paraben and ask for a portrait of the potential suspect based on the DNA sample to be created. So basically, nanolabs, when you send out DNA, they can create their own composite sketch based on the DNA that's, that's given to them. Yes, the tools we have now are just so freaking awesome. That's crazy. Um, that we didn't have before. Yes, okay. it, it actually gets used so much. It's, it's a huge, huge help in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so it showed that the man should have been a fair-skinned, blue-eyed, blonde hair. That's man. so specific. And it's completely different than what the hypnosis two mm. suspects had given them too. <laughs> what? The hypnosis didn't match up? <laughs> what? what? So, yes. And it's crazy because I, I, we'll show you guys a picture of this sketch. So it's like a computerized sketch, but it's so cool. I don't know if y'all can hear that. I hope you can. It's raining off and on here and I keep hearing it in my headphones, but hopefully it doesn't pick up. Listen, if... If you're, if you're okay with it, rain, or if you're okay with my kids, like stomping around and screaming, you should be okay with it raining. It's just, I'm in my shed and I have a, I have a tin roof on it. So I feel like it's extra, like loud to my ear holes. I don't hear it. Okay. Well, you should be good then. So because they didn't know the killer's age, because that can't be found, you know, right? Um, or the way he wore his hair. They did create a, he could, a few. You could change that shit every day. <laughs> right. They did create a few different sketches with like different lengths of hair um, and aging photos. And they use this to send out to the public in hopes that like the towns or, you know, places around them would be able to, to think or know a match based okay. on this, this uh, sketch. So they got hundreds of calls for tips. And of course, all these calls were like basically any and every blonde haired, blue eyed guy that, that lived in Iowa. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pretty sucky if you got blonde hair and blue eyes and just I know. Live, so Matt, living your life, minding your business. <laughs> minding your business. <laughs> so Matt, um, Matt's now at the point where he's like, okay, where do I even begin? Right. He's like, we got all these tips. We're following up on tips, getting us nowhere. So he decided to take another step further. And I just wish there was, I'm just going to put this out there. I just wish there was so many other detectives that think this way, like so many, it would be so helpful. And I wish that we just like opened all the cold cases and did this, but okay. so he remembered the Joseph D'Angelo case. Oh, hey, the discombobulated flashlight killer. Yes. So the okay. Grimsley killer case and mm-hmm. how genetic genealogy, genealogy mm-hmm. had helped close this case. Ooh, okay. okay. So he decided to reach out to the nanolabs and find out if any help charting this DNA would help Michelle's killer go behind bars. And ladies and gents, here is like a huge bingo moment. They got a match of a relative of the killer. Oh, so that's, Brandon, the same, that's like the same thing that happened with D'Angelo. It, it is. It is. Except this one, he had to do a lot more digging because Brandy Jennings, the um, the relative 
That's she the relative, a, Brandy? Yeah. She was a second cousin once removed. Oh, okay. So now they had to start with like, he had to literally build her family tree and break it down. Oh, wow. Yeah. He went as far back as like great, great grandparents and um, had to build her family tree. I thought you froze. <laughs> uh, sorry. So any relatives that could have been in Iowa or even around the area, like he dug into all of this. Three brothers came back, all likely sharing some DNA with the blood found in the victim's car. And it was actually only 20 minutes from them. What? Okay. 20 minutes away. So three brothers. So does that mean maybe the dad? Three they brothers. All share the same no, or no. Like just... these three brothers could have all shared it. So now they got to figure out how am I going to get their DNA? Cause they can't just like walk up and say, Hey, give me your DNA this, <laughs> this murder that happened 40 years ago. I need your DNA. Right. Like, they have to have a, like a reason. Can't they just that. like watch them drink from a cocaine and then take it from the trash or something like that? It's so funny that you say that because okay. they couldn't just go up to these guys. So instead they followed them. Mm -hmm. So they followed one brother to lunch and grabbed his straw. Oh, okay. The next brother had a toothbrush that was thrown out in the garbage. So they took that. And then lastly, the third brother went to a pizza restaurant and drank from a straw. So they took that. Now I'm, I feel like I'm just going to be watching to see if people are <laughs> trying to take my shit. Like that's no, weird. No. <laughs> so all samples were tested at the lab. Donald... Kenneth and Jerry were the three names, and Donald and Kenneth were not a match. Okay. But Jerry was an exact match to the Ooh, blood sample. It was Jerry. Jerry done it, y'all. So looking at the photo from the like nano lab sketch mm -hmm. and a younger photo of Jerry <gasps> okay. is literally the same person. That's so crazy. That's like wild. I can't wait I cannot wait to show you guys this picture because it is crazy how accurate these this DNA blood sample created this sketch to who this photo was at the wow. time of the but now they needed to know why so there wasn't any connections at all to Jerry or Michelle none 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 at all he didn't have a criminal record. He seemed to be a normal guy. At this point, he was married with kids. So the detective decided he would go in and interview Burns at his business. Jerry, sorry. It took me a second. I was like, who's Burns? And I was like, oh, that must be Jerry. So he decided to go in and interview Jerry at his business exactly okay. 29 years to the day after Michelle was murdered. That's crazy. In hopes that if he went to to interview him on the day of the murder, it would maybe, you know, rattle him up. And oh, and he planned it. He planned it. Okay. I was like, that's a crazy coincidence. But okay. He planned it. <laughs> so, um, which this is crazy too. So he put a hidden camera inside a coffee mug to try and get a confession. Like he's, a recorded. He's like pulling out his daddy's tricks. Okay. Fucking <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's why I'm like I wish every fucking detective was like this right so he comes in he's like hi I'm you know detective Matt Dinglinger or whatever with this Iowa you know 
whatever. He needs to work on his speech. <laughs> he didn't say, he didn't say it that way. But I'm saying like, he, he goes and introduces him and he's like, I'd like to ask you a few questions. So um, he brings him in and he says, you know, why is your DNA at this crime scene? Oh, he just gets right to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's recording. He's like asking normal questions, like mm-hmm. normal follow-up questions. Um, hey, we found your DNA at this crime scene, you know, 29 oh, wh- years ago. What's up with that? <laughs> Why is it there? And, and Jerry's like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, have you gone to the Westdale Mall? And Jerry's like, well, yeah, we've all gone to the mall. <laughs> and he was like, okay, well, what happened that night? And Jerry's like, I don't know. <laughs> it was 29 know, like, years ago. <laughs> yeah. Might have stopped at Sabaro, grabbed a slice. I don't know. (laughs) Matt, Matt, at this point, he was like, okay, well, I'm not going to get anywhere with these questions. So, hey, we got DNA evidence. So you're arrested. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) here's your rights. And he puts them in the police car. Here's your rights. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, here's your right. I'm not reading the Miranda rights. Oh, my God. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's how I'd be as a police officer. I'm like, you're arrested. Here's your rights. (laughs) yeah that's exactly how it is so he does all this you know he's in the cop bar and he keeps the camera rolling in his coffee cup Mm -hmm. and continues to kind of question him and one of the things that he said he was like do you think it's possible this happened and you don't remember any of it and jerry comes back and says i'm sure something like that would be you know possible to block out you can block out things in your memory which matt then says later on like when he was interviewed after this case that his gut told him that the second he refused to deny it made him absolutely say this had to be the right guy I mean I agree with him yeah yeah anybody that's going to be innocent is going to plead their innocence right and a lot of times people that are guilty are going to say that they're innocent so it's like super sketch if you're just like I am yeah it It could happen (laughs) (laughs) it's a long time ago I don't know (laughs) so of course, you know, his family was all on his side. He could never have done any of this. Um, right. He's never done anything wrong or anything like that. So they did go to trial in which okay. several past suspects were questioned on the stand. But this time the prosecutor questioned a new witness, Michael Allison. So he was a drug offender that became pals with Jerry in jail. So Michael stated on the stand that he had asked him directly, did he do the crime? And Jerry said he couldn't talk about this. Then Jerry said to him that no matter what happens in the case, whether he wins or loses, he feels he wins because he had the opportunity to be out there with his family for all these years, which is also a very guilty conscience statement. He's like, I can't say I did it, but I mean, I got away with it for this long. Yeah, but the thing that actually... um, made Michael volunteer to testify mm-hmm. was because he was playing cards with Jerry and Jerry told him if he kept beating him he was gonna have to take him to the mall. What? <laughs> like, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like so if I keep beating you you're gonna go buy me something? <laughs> so Michael like this motherfucker just told me he was gonna take me to the mall to kill to kill me like he did Michelle. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> a fucking crazy threat. Like what? I'm, I'm gonna take you to the, the mall. mall. <laughs> well, okay. the ver- the verdict was delivered in three hours. He was guilty of first degree murder. Yeah, he was. 
So the 40-year-old cold case was officially closed. He was sentenced to life without parole, and he still insists that he did not murder her. Before, he didn't say he didn't. He was just like, I don't know. Well, now he's guilty. So he's like, no, bro, I didn't do it. It's yeah, you did. So I will say there is a sad little bit, too. Um, Michelle's father died in 1995, and her mother died in 1998, and they both both died thinking Andy was guilty the whole time. Oh. So not only did um, Michelle get, like, her justice for this case 40 years after but Mm -hmm. Andy finally got justice on being accused and being accused in his town like for years and years and years I mean I was Um, doing it for half the podcast I know (laughs) (laughs) I know because sorry Andy (laughs) wasn't his DNA or anything my bad Um, so his family fought and by family I mean like Jerry's family um fought that like his innocence during the case too and even during the trial the other lawyer the defense lawyer, you know, tried to push for straws and said it couldn't have been hit. Like his blood could have been in the car because his brother sold, I think it was Doug, had like a car dealership or whatever. His brother could have sold that car to his, like his family years and years and years ago. So he could have like easily cut his hand in the car and that could have been old blood. On her and, dress? Yeah, <laughs> on the gear shift, the right, male but, DNA but- gear shift. But, but the, on her dress. <laughs> but that's what, that, so that's what the detective, that's what Matt was like. He was like, oh yeah, she miraculously transferred years old blood on, <laughs> on right. her dress. Right. <laughs> come was on, like, guy. Again, come, come on. on. So yeah, it was just crazy because like there was literally no, no evidence that they were linked at all. Right. So then another thing that got brought up right after he was found guilty uh, was supposedly he said to this Michael guy or whatever, which I didn't put this in my notes, but I remember reading it, that he was also a suspect. Jerry was now also a suspect in another murder case. What? Yeah, because he had said, um, like, her name, like the victim's name. I can't remember what her name was. I'll have to, to pull it up or whatever. The victim's name got brought up. And so he brought that up to Matt and Matt was going to do a follow-up on that case too, because it was also a cool case. There was no other information on it though. So like, I never found any other information about him involved in any of it or any follow-ups or anything. So that's why I didn't put the notes in here, but yeah, he was, it's just crazy. So it makes me think that there are other murders that he could have possibly done and he could have just been like a random killer. Yes. a random serial killer that nobody even knew about. Yeah, and nobody knows because he's he's still, you know, stating his innocence this whole time too. So he right. could there could be other people. I just don't know what has been done with it yet. So it's crazy. It is crazy. So that's a crazy case. A 40-year-old cold case. And lucky for us, there was DNA evidence and we were able to test it years and years and years later. That's awesome. Um, so I did do a little bit of a twist this week. <laughs> did you did? That was a good one. That's yeah, a good, one. good job. I really hope nobody can hear the rain because it's driving me crazy. It's so loud in my headphones. I'm gonna be really pissed if it picks up on the recording. <laughs> I don't hear it, so I don't know if it's just because I'm deaf or because I don't hear the feedback, and you will. When <laughs> that's um encouraging to me because there's lots of times where I'll be like oh did you hear that loud ass truck you know I didn't hear anything and then I don't hear it on the recording so hopefully it's that situation 
I don't hear it. I know you can absolutely hear my dog running back and forth though every time. <laughs> I didn't hear. I didn't. He sounds hear it. like a. He does sound like a freaking elephant. <laughs> Anywho, so that's that is the case of Michelle Martin Martinko. I know. I I don't know. Oh, bad at last very, names today. <laughs> no, I'm I'm stuffy too. Like I'm really stuffy. So when I'm trying to say some of it, yeah, that was my dog. <laughs> I'm really really stuffy. So when I'm trying to say something like the N and the K together is really making me like, it sounds weird and nasally. That's funny. <laughs> so anyway, all right. follow us on all the stuff. <laughs> follow us on the stuff, dearholicsisters.com. All the stuff give, is there. Give us your um, feedback. Follow us and subscribe. Give us some more cases. Mm-hmm. We're getting some. We're, we're seeing a bunch of emails come through and we love it because, you know, we can't wait to, to do research on these cases, but Give us some more. We do love it. We do love it. You know what I saw? That's a new thing. Apparently, you can rate on Spotify now. That was never oh. a thing. It was always rate on Apple and that was it. But on Spotify, if you go to like the podcast page, there's a little star at the top by the name and you hit the little, oh. you go up to five stars. I was like, what? So that's oh, yeah, a new thing. Then definitely, definitely rate us on Spotify if you're a Spotify listener. <laughs> right. Unless you're going to be mean. I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> every time unless you're gonna be mean if you're mean then no then don't worry about it it's cool (laughs) all right well all right well i guess um, we should be awkward then let's be awkward (laughs) that was really nasally okay (laughs) okay bye bye